0: You'd have to be hiding under a rock to know, to not know that our theme for 2019 is Fixed on Jesus. We are currently in between series, again, as you probably would be aware. Um, we're focusing on the M's. So this year we've done the miracles of Jesus, the message of Jesus, the manhood of Jesus. What's coming next? the majesty of Jesus. Correct. That's on big yellow highlighter. That's on my to-do list this week is planning the manhood of Jesus series. And that's, we're going to kick that off on the first weekend of November. Um, we've got Daryl as I spoke next week. I could have started today, except for the fact that I wasn't organized enough, but also it didn't seem the right time to start a series with Daryl coming next Sunday. So... Today, I want to take the opportunity to, I suppose, reflect a little bit on a significant experience that I had earlier this year and, uh, and consider how that relates to our faith. Um, can we get the slides on the back screen as well, guys? Is that possible? Okay, so I'll just... Earlier this year, when I introduced the theme of being um, having our eyes fixed on Jesus, one of the reasons for doing this was in order for us, as the people of God, to grow. And uh, not just to know more about Jesus, but to grow in our knowledge and understanding of him so that we might become more like him. And uh, Peter, in 2 Peter 3.18, says, But grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus our Saviour Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. And when we think about growth, it's not something that just... uh, When we particularly think about growth as believers, it's not something that just happens. There needs to be a sense of intention, uh, a plan perhaps, if you will, if we are actually to grow and become all that God has designed us to be. And one of the really helpful ways of of cultivating growth is developing a series of habits or practices that assist us in that growing process. There are numerous habits that we all have. You've, I'm sure, heard the phrase, a creature of habit. And we all really are creatures of habits, aren't we? We have a number of habits in our lives. Some of those habits are good. Um, Some of us may, for example, be diligent savers, or we may have um, really good sleeping habits. Um, There are other habits that are very neutral. You know, we might eat the same thing for breakfast every day. It's just a neutral habit. It's something we do without even thinking. And then there are bad habits. For me, a bad habit is constantly wanting to check my phone and looking at my phone. And this is a habit I'd like to to address and, and do less often. But... If you think about the many things that we do, they are habits. Now, the good thing about habits is that they can be made and that they can be broken. There are good habits that we can make and there are bad habits that we can break. This morning I'm going to take the opportunity to reflect upon my marathon experience. Early this year in April, I ran a marathon, which the reason that I'm wanting to share this with you is because for much of my life as a runner, this was an unattainable, unachievable goal that I always put in the too hard basket. And the reason that I want to share this is not to inspire you all to run a marathon, you don't have to be a runner to understand the imagery and the illustration. The Apostle Paul, in fact himself, speaks frequently about running the race. And when we think about the life of faith, it is a journey, a significant journey. It's not a sprint, it's an endurance run, if you will. And there are a whole bunch of habits that I had to develop in order to achieve that goal. And I believe that there are there are habits that we can develop as followers of Jesus that will also help us achieve the goal that God has in store for us. Okay, it looks like we might be on. No? Okay. Um, Okay, so I wanted to begin by just explaining and sharing with you my journey as a runner. You know, our faith has a life and a journey of its own. And so what I want to do this morning is reflect a little bit on, on the running component and then translate how that, how that translates over to our faith journey. Um, I started running when I was almost Brendan's age, a little bit older, 13 or 14, and that all began because I had a really awesome youth leader who was a runner, and uh, he encouraged me to run, and we used to run together on Friday afternoons before youth group. He'd come over and pick me up, we'd go for a run around the lake. Um, we'd often have Maccas for dinner and then we'd go to youth. And uh, the two things just kind of balanced each other out really nicely. But that's, that's where sort of the love of running, I guess, if you like, for me began. And then um, a couple of years later, I got a, a milk run. And for a few years, I did a milk run, and that involved a lot of running, delivering uh, bottles of milk to, to houses around a few suburbs in Canberra. Um, From there, it sort of just became something that I'd enjoyed doing. I know for some people, the whole idea of running and enjoyment certainly are are not two things that go together, but certainly that for me was the case. And uh, I remember many times from that point on, we would go on family holidays and going out and enjoying a good long run. Um, Then for a little while, I got married and running kind of took a back seat. Um, There were just other priorities like brawn. And, uh, and golf. I, I very got heavily into golf at that point. When we moved to, we moved churches and I took on a, a youth and associate um, young adults role. Um, there was a really keen runner at that church and I remember I was 26 and uh, he kind of really rekindled my love of running and we, we did a lot of running together as well. Then when Bron and I moved to... Um, more, uh, to Moreland College, I signed up to do the City to Surf, which was my first ever kind of uh, competition-type run, and it's the first time I ever ran with so many other people. And it was a thrilling experience, I, I just enjoyed it so much. And that was actually very close to the time that we moved up here to the coast. Um, so that was in August, and then we moved here around November. And my friend, Steve, who I'd been running with in Canberra, had encouraged me to join a running club as a way of just continuing the running and, and getting to meet people and being part of a community. So uh, we lived at Terrigal when we first moved to the coast, and I just Googled running club, and up came the Terrigal Trotters, and I went down on Saturday morning to the Terrigal Trotters, and, um, and that's kind of where you know, things really took a significant um, change from there. Um, and so I've been running with Trotters for uh, for nearly seven years now, and that's just been a really great part of my life, which I've enjoyed so much. Um, but I would say that I was still a fairly just average runner until about 18 months ago... I I, I really started to increase um, the amount of running that I did and joined a a Thursday track group which meets every Thursday at the Haven and it's more sort of pace running and um, up until that point I was just much more of an endurance runner which I still largely am but when you start adding pace training into your sort of overall running regime, you improve and you become a faster runner and that's what happened for me and that ended up bleeding into Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday. Um, so, I now run four times a week, and I really enjoy it. but um, it was through that kind of growth of 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 adding and and becoming more. I suppose positive and feeling like I could achieve more, that the idea of a marathon actually started to take shape. As I had said, for for many years I'd been involved in this running club, um, full of people who were doing marathons all the time, but thinking I could never do that. I'd done half marathons and remember getting to the end of 21 kilometres and thinking there's no way I could turn around and do that all over again. Um, But I was thrilled to be able to take part in that experience this year, and it just taught me so much. So I wanted to share some lessons from that marathon. And there are three very simple points that I want to share with you this morning. And the first one is it's really important to know your goal, just to know what you're actually trying to achieve. Secondly, if you're actually going to achieve that goal, you've got to have a plan. You've got to have a strategy that's going to help you get there. And then to keep you going... You need to keep your eye on the prize of what that actual goal is. So number one, know your goal. You know, I was under no illusion as to what my goal was. I was going to run the marathon in Canberra. It was going to be on Sunday the 14th of April at 6.30 a.m. I would line up with hundreds of other runners and attempt to run 42.2 kilometers um, around three and a half hours. That was my goal. And I had a map. I knew exactly where that course was, Um, having come from Canberra, and it was always a bit of a dream I suppose to do my first marathon in my hometown. when we went to Canberra at Christmas last year, I cycled this route and that enabled me to, to visualise exactly where the course was. And I was able to visualise, you know, kind of how I'd be feeling at certain checkpoints and so forth. But when I got to the 14th of April, I knew exactly what my goal was. And my goal was to prepare myself as best I could to enjoy that experience. When we consider what the Apostle Paul shares in Philippians chapter 3 we can see that he was under no illusion as to what his goal was. He had a very clear, razor-sharp focus. And we read this together in Philippians 3, 8 to 11. Yes, everything else is is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Paul's goal was to know Christ, was to know Christ as his Lord. We might know Jesus, but do we know Jesus as our Lord? Lord. For Jesus to be Lord means that he is sovereign over our lives. He is, in a sense, the king of our lives. We take our cues from him. We follow after him. And we can see that for Paul, in order to achieve his goal of knowing Jesus, there were a bunch of things that he had to reject. And there are things for each of us that we may need to reject If we too have this goal of wanting to truly know Jesus as our Lord, then there will be things in our life that we will have to say no to in order to pursue that goal. Paul understood that to know Christ was to experience Christ. And he talks here about experiencing the power of Christ, the very power that rose Jesus from the dead. So he wants to experience the victory that comes from knowing Christ, but he understands that that is going to also involve suffering, because Jesus clearly had to suffer and die before he was raised. Paul wanted to know Christ. Jesus Himself said in John fifteen five, "I am the vine; you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me." you can do nothing. When we experience Christ, and that's very much about a relationship with Jesus, then we will grow in fruitfulness. So know your goal. Your goal, our goal as believers, first and foremost, is to know Christ and it's to know him as Lord. That's the goal. We need to have a training plan. I had to have a training plan. I couldn't just rock up randomly on the day and just hope for the best. I suppose you could, but you probably wouldn't go very well. And that's why a training plan is so important. I think for many of us, we approach our Christian life a little bit haphazardly. We just kind of roll along uh, but it's, it's, but, the, but the problem with that is we're not going to grow and we're not going to experience the intimacy of relationship um, that God longs for us to have with his son, Jesus. And we're not also going to experience the same satisfaction um, that we will experience if we actually are intentional about growing as believers. So to have a training plan, I, I mentioned earlier that um, I now run a number of days a week and so as far as a, training, a running training plan goes the first and the most important thing that you have to do if you want to run a marathon is run Like, the thing that you want to do, you've just got to do a lot of it, basically. And so the training plan, the first thing about the training plan is actually having a very set plan, and part of that plan is building long runs into your weekly rhythm that will just develop your endurance muscles. So having a training plan is really important. There are other components that are so important as well. Um, For me, these components included company, nutrition and sleep. It's not something that you want to do by yourself, You're going to spend hours upon hours if you're going to train for a marathon. You think about the life of faith. It's a whole life approach. It's not something we do alone. So for me, personally, I found that running in the company of other runners, particularly more experienced, more advanced runners, was wonderful. Um, Good nutrition is important as well. All of a sudden, food became more about fuel. You want to fuel your body well so that your body can perform. And then sleep and rest is another really important component of any kind of athlete's regime. You do all this training, it's really important to actually stop and have those rest days, but also sleep becomes really important because that's when the muscles are actually repairing themselves and rejuvenating. The Apostle Paul says to Timothy, train yourself to be godly. Train yourself to be godly. To me, this very much speaks of intention. Nobody just haphazardly trains. They train because they're preparing for something. And in a sense, as followers of Jesus, no matter where we are in our journey of faith, there's an invitation here, an encouragement here, to train. And to train is to actually prepare yourself for a goal that you're hoping to achieve. And I know, it might sound a little bit funny, um, but if our goal is to know Jesus, then it would be really helpful if we actually had a bit of a, a training plan in terms of how we're actually going to do that. It's not going to just happen by itself, is it? So having a training plan is really important, and I find that these elements of having a training plan, keeping good company, Good nutrition and rest actually translate into the life and the journey of faith. I think for a number of us, we can approach Jesus as a little bit of a Facebook friend. We kind of occasionally scroll through and we might see a little bit of Jesus, perhaps on a Sunday or on a Wednesday night when we go to growth group or whatever it might be. But we don't want to treat Jesus like a Facebook friend if we're actually to really know Jesus and know him deeply and intimately, what we need is face-to-face time. We need to FaceTime Jesus. We need to spend time genuinely in his presence, experiencing him. And there's all kinds of ways and places that we can do this. But just bringing the person of Jesus into our consciousness and intentionally spending time with him is so important. If our goal, if our ultimate goal, is to know Jesus, then there is no substitute to spending time with him. Just as if our ultimate goal is to run a silly distance, there's no substitute for running. It's the same thing. If our goal is to know Jesus, the number one most important thing that we can do is spend time, quality time, not Facebook time with Jesus. Secondly, the Christian life is not designed to be lived alone. It's not a solo effort. It's always God's design that we do it in community. I'm not sure about you, but I love doing faith in community. I love being part of a church family, a church family where there are men and women who are so much further along than I am in my faith. I don't know about you, but that really inspires me to keep going. Uh, There are plenty of guys in this church, for example, that I look to and I aspire to be like. I think one day I want to be able to pray like this person. One of these days I'd love to have just the depth of maturity as this person. But you know the thing about community is that even though we might be looking up to somebody, there's generally somebody who's looking up to us. And that's the beauty of community. It's a place where we can aspire to grow and it's a place where we can inspire others to grow. So the community of faith is really important to the walk walk and the journey of faith. Nutrition. Jesus said that he is the bread of life. He is the living water. And So there's all kinds of ways that we can feed ourselves and nourish ourselves spiritually. Again, there's obviously no substitute for prayer and reading God's word. And in a sense, they are kind of the staple diet of a follower of Jesus. Reading the Bible and prayer, this is not the work of being a Christian. These are the things that prepare us for the work of being a Christian. As we read God's word, as we spend time in prayer, God softens our hearts and we become more open and obedient to the leading and the prompting of his Holy Spirit. Spending time, but we also live in a time where there are an abundance of resources at our fingertips to assist us as we nourish ourselves spiritually, aren't there? There are a range of different podcasts that are now available to us, books, blogs, even coming along and hearing a sermon. All of these things, for example, contribute to our overall nutrition. And so I encourage you to have a good nutrition. Um, plan, a a nutrition plan that actually fuels your spirituality. Does that make sense? Don't starve yourself spiritually, feed yourself spiritually, and that will help you on your journey. I think an aspect that we often perhaps overlook, I know I do, is rest. It's the importance of rest. Rest. Just as it is important to rest as an athlete, to rest your body from your tired muscles, the life of faith is also a life of learning to rest in God's love, God's love and adequacy for us. The Sabbath was designed, for example, for us to rest in the knowledge that God is in control and that we are not, (laughs) that the world will carry on even when we stop. We're not designed to go 24-7. And so having those regular rhythms of rest, not only on a particular day, but even throughout the day, as we pause and acknowledge God's goodness and just enjoy the goodness that he offers to us. So cultivating rest is another important element to having a training plan. So if we're to achieve our goal, we first need to know what that goal is. And the goal of every follower of Jesus is to know him intimately, is to know him as Lord. Secondly, it's really helpful if we have a plan, if we actually have some intention. And doing that, the first and most important thing that we do as part of having a plan is just spending quality time with Jesus. And then it's really helpful if we can do that with others. If we build a good rhythm of Um, of nutrition into our diet, spiritual nutrition, and then we take time to rest and to know that God is good and to know that he is sovereign and in control. When we know what our goal is and we have a bit of a plan around how we're going to go about it, then we just go for it. And we can see that that's what the Apostle Paul does. He just gives it everything. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on, I keep going to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Jesus Christ is calling us. He says something similar in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Don't you realise that in a race everyone wins, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. I'm not trying to inspire you to run a marathon this morning. I'm trying to inspire you to grow in your faith. And you look at Paul. He was so inspired grow in his faith he had intention about it and I want to encourage us to consider how we might be more intentional about growing in our faith the overriding message is if Joel can achieve a marathon we can all grow you know that's what I'm trying to say here is that I there was something that was unattainable perhaps that I thought but through a plan and a process it became attainable And the same can be said of our faith. You might be thinking here this morning, thinking, I've always been the same kind of Christian. But wouldn't it be great if you could become more generous, if you could become more faithful, more loving, more peaceful, more patient, more kind? These are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And God's plan is that we would actually increase in all of them. We would grow in grace. And I guess what I'm trying to say to you this morning is, you can, (laughs) we can. We can grow if we have a plan and if we go for it. And finally, keep your eye on the prize. It's tough. Being a Christian for, for, for life or for however long you have been a Christian until the end of your day is a long journey. And let me tell you, running 42 kilometers is a long time, but it requires endurance And one of the things that you can do to keep yourself going is to stay focused on the prize. And as followers of Jesus, even through difficult times, it's helpful to remember the prize, to keep our eye on the prize. And what is that prize now he is seated in the place of honour besides God's throne. You can see here that focus on keeping your eye on the prize enduring. For me, when I finished my race, I was just so overjoyed. And um, I remember, you know, the last 35 kilometres were, were really, by that point I was in a lot of pain. And I just had to push through and just keep my eye Fixed on that goal, and then I turned a corner, and it was 200 metres to go. And uh, that something about just seeing the finish line that just enabled me to kind of sprint to the finish and throw my hands in the air. And uh, in that moment, all of my training just kind of flashed before my eyes, and it was just a really exciting moment. But this is not this is not about me. This is about all of us reaching the finish line as believers and hearing these wonderful words of Jesus. Because you know what, there is going to come a day when for each of us our race of faith will end. We will no no longer need faith when we stand face to face with Jesus, with God. And how wonderful to hear these words, well done, good and faithful servant. We need to remember those words when things get tough. We need to remember that image of Jesus welcoming us home for being good and faithful stewards. Because you know what, at times it's tough to be faithful, isn't it? At times it's good to be hard. But how wonderful to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Paul writes to Timothy about the crown of righteousness. And in the New Testament, in addition to our salvation, there are five crowns that may be awarded to people. And one of those crowns in the Greek word, the Greek word that Paul uses here is called stephanos. And it means a victor's crown. It's not a regal kingly crown. It's a athletic crown. It looks like this. And a victor's crown is awarded to an athlete who has had serious commitment and discipline and endurance and self-control and self-mastery. And Paul says to Timothy to run your race in such a way that you'll win a crown of righteousness. Keep these prizes in your sight. The words of Jesus, well done, good and faithful servant. And the thought of having a crown of righteousness placed on your head for enduring, for sticking with it, will keep you going. In conclusion, Know your goal, and the goal of the Christian life is to know Jesus as Lord. Have a training plan. Commit to spending regular face-to-face time with Jesus. Journey faith with others. Develop a good, nutritious plan and enjoy rest. And then finally, keep your eye on the prize. That prize of being welcomed into eternity with those wonderful words, well done, good and faithful servant, and receiving the crown of righteousness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for the opportunity this morning to, to have a bit of fun and just to consider what it is to run the, the life of faith. And Jesus, we thank you for these passionate words of Paul that we've considered this morning. We can see that focus on wanting to know you and experience you. And I pray, God, that we too might develop a desire to know you more and to grow in our walk with you. Thank you, Lord, that we're not called to do that alone, but we do that together as community. Thank you, Lord, for your word that sustains and nourishes us And thank you, God, that you invite us to rest, trusting that you're in control. And Lord, we thank you so much that we don't run in vain, but we run to win a prize, that crown of righteousness, and to hear those wonderful, welcoming words, well done, good and faithful servant. I pray this morning, Lord, for each precious person here today, that the sound of those words in our ears might be a reality for each one on that day. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.